on the line You got to leave it all, leave it all, leave it all on the line Hey Seacasters, I'm your host, Chrissy Swadley, and welcome to Yo Balance Co. We'll be talking about everything to do with health, fitness, well-being, and the power of your thoughts and the mind. So listen up, tune in, and let's go together. In this episode, I interview one of the most purest souls I've ever met. So she is a well-known blogger who lives on Bondi Beach. So Caroline Groth, she's actually one of my good girlfriends, and I've been wanting to bring her on my podcast for quite some time now because her and I share a very similar past to do with eating disorders. So we get very vulnerable with that within this podcast and we kind of talk about isolation and share our tips. So I hope you guys do enjoy this episode. Hello, my beautiful Carolyn. How are you? I am good. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on here today. No, thank you for joining us on Yo Balance Co. So how is everything going with you in isolation in Bondi? How is it? Oh, it has definitely turned my world upside down, which I think it has for most people. Um, It's been a challenge, but I think a very welcome challenge to sort of like try to uh, change the way that I do everything. Mm. Um, I was sitting and thinking about the other day how uh, I feel like there's a lot of things that I've been putting on the back burner of like not doing and especially a lot of sort of self-work and, and self-healing uh, practices and there's obviously been a reason why I haven't given them the attention that they need to be given and most probably because there was quite a lot of discomfort within those things that were showing up as well. So I feel like this time for me has really been a beautiful sort of reminder and almost a bit of a gift to actually surrender into those things and really start looking at them. So sometimes in life you can neglect them in some sense, like forcefully. Neglect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, you know, if, if we get, if we get set up with an ultimatum, whether we want to choose joy or pain, you know, we're probably going to choose uh, joy. So I think, you know, anything that sort of causes discomfort, and when it shows up, it's always going to be a bit harder to look at. But ultimately, it's probably also going to be the things that are going to catapult us, you know, further mm-hmm. ahead on our path. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been it's been interesting. But I've really been trying to just sort of approach this time with as much gratitude as possible and just changing my perspective on things. And, yeah, just like really like you and I were talking about, you know, surrendering into this time that we've been given um, whether we choose to have it or not, we are sort of being forced to slow down and reassess our lives and like reassess how we're doing things. So yeah, it's been, it's been good. I love that you can see this perspective on it. Like you've always been such like a grounded person. Like you and I actually met at a yoga event, wasn't it? Yeah, we did. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So it's so good that you can like see this side of isolation, how it is improved certain, um, certain pinpoints in you that you have neglected for quite some time or like you said, to even become more in tune with yourself or to become more one with yourself and actually taking the time to reflect. So do you have any like um, examples on what these look like that you do? Like do you meditate, Mm. journal? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I have been a meditator for about three years now, a very big meditator, but um, something that beautifully arrived into my life about three weeks ago um, was actually one of my best girlfriends who wanted me to be part of a 21 day abundance challenge with Deepak Chopra. 
And it just arrived into sort of like three weeks ago, like I said, when this pandemic really started to show its its face here in Australia and everyone was starting to stay at home and, you know, people were starting to lose their jobs and so on. So it just came at a perfect time to really try to create more abundance in my life. And I know for myself that that is an area that I've always struggled with and not just abundance in the sense of money flow, you know, materialistic things, being safe in the home and so on, but also abundance in being able to love myself, loving yeah. other people yeah. um, and so on. So it came at like a really great time. So for the last three weeks, I've been doing um, that practice. So meditating a few times a day, which have been really beautiful, uh, lots of writing. Um, so for me in general, and also what I did before here, but even more so now is definitely my meditations in the mornings and afternoons. And I've been doing morning pages as well. So I just write whatever I feel like. I write sort of manifestations, gratitude quotes, uh, however I feel for the day, what might be bothering me when I get up and so on, and just sort of try to shed a bit of light on why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling and go below that feeling. Yeah. And then I try to work out at home as well. Um, just that is definitely something that keeps my mental health in check as well to sort of get those happy endorphins going, which I'm sure that you also can maybe relate to, you know, that it makes you feel good as well to move your body a bit, especially now that we're sitting down so much all day because we're being forced to stay inside. So there's not so much movement. So those are definitely some of the practices that are keeping me uh, grounded during this time and, also just time with my dog you know as you know as well with actually with yeah. your dog it's um it's beautiful and to just like, be present just and actually them. slow down with them because i find totally yeah this has been um, really beneficial for minimu and my relationship because mm-hmm. I, like you and i both we live a very fast-paced lifestyle and it can be hard to actually just be okay with doing nothing um yeah it really can especially when you're so used to being on the go all the time so this has definitely been a huge shock to people like you and I who do have quite a busy schedule but it's good because we yeah we can use this time to really um flourish our relationships and even our dog's relationships so you live with Archie and Patch so you live in an apartment in Bondi so that's good because you're not really alone so you're able to have company is being alone something that you do struggle with at all yeah, so I don't, so yeah, like you said, I have my partner Passion and Archie, obviously, but Passion was away for the last week, so I had a week to myself, or obviously Archie was there, so um, I really, I used to hate being on my own, like I could not be on my own, basically because it meant that, you know, my eating disorder was at its worst as well when I would be alone, because I didn't need to hide it from anyone. So I really used to struggle with being on my own and just sitting with my own feelings. But now, like, I really just, I enjoy my own company so so much. (laughs) I really, really love it. Yeah, it's it's funny how during this time, you know, it sort of seems to be the extroverts that are struggling through this pandemic, whereas the introverts are a bit more just feeling super at ease you know and like they finally feel like they can flourish into you know who they naturally are and I'm definitely one of those you know like I really enjoy being at home so Pash being away for a week was just you know of course I miss him but it was amazing and I think I think there's a difference between feeling lonely and being alone whereas you know if you're feeling lonely 
in the sense of that you're missing like human interaction, well, then those feelings are valid in the sense of, you know, you call a friend or like you do a Zoom meeting with them or whatever, like you call to like have that sort of human connection Mm -hmm. in a different way. But I think when we feel lonely on the inside, like there's something missing within us and we feel a need to fill that void with something, that's when we really need to start at the bigger, start looking at the bigger picture and understanding, well, why am I feeling lonely? Uh, and why can't I sit by myself? What is it that I'm feeling is going on on the inside? So, And not yeah, to also be reliant on others to fill that hole. Yeah. And I find that is something that um, subconsciously a lot of us do do when we are in a lonely state of mind. We tend to rely on others around us to fill that hole and we constantly have the need to be around so many people. I found I was definitely like that, um, like yourself, when my eating disorder was actually at its worst and I would hang with people just for the sake of not being alone. I wouldn't hang with them for their time or for their company. I would hang with them for selfish reasons. And I found that I never actually connected well with anyone and I never felt fulfilled. I never felt good going away from them. And I was just always drained and it wasn't them. It was more me. And it was because I was just forcing so much, um, so much time that was just not like not needed. Like it was just time that I was trying to get from them just so I wasn't alone. And it just got to a point where, I was afraid of my alone time and it wasn't until I started to like yourself, like force being alone upon myself. That's when I fully started to not only recover from my eating disorder, but also recover from so many like past traumas that I didn't even know I had until I started to sit in my own mind. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just, everything you said is just so, spot on and I think I feel your words so deeply because I can so just relate to them on such a deep level because mm. I do think a big part of and this is obviously my opinion and people can be on, on of different opinions but I think a big part of an eating disorder as well is this struggle with not wanting to face these traumas or this discomfort that we're feeling on the inside and so we try to fill the void with something else whether it's control of what we're eating or um, letting go of the control and like having binges or, you know, whatever it is that's showing up. So I'm also a big believer in that, you know, whoever we choose to spend our time with, when we choose to spend time with people, we should be walking away feeling energized and not depleted from energy. So I think that's a big indicator whenever you choose to spend time with someone uh, in whatever capacity as well. Yeah, exactly. It's something that I have definitely learned over time is the more you start to like learn to love your own company, the more others start to love your own company and you start to really be able to um, pinpoint the people who do make you feel good. And you don't, yeah, you don't just settle for any relationship. Now, all the relationships that I have in my life, I generally love them to bits and I enjoy every moment of it. And it's also relationships where if I didn't want to hang with them, we could just go our separate ways and that'd be so okay with that. And it's because I've created that through like forcing my alone time, a liking my alone time, and then not being needy when it comes to relationships, boyfriends, friendships, and all of that. And that's when the relationship can really grow. But um, I have another question for you about um, loneliness and being alone mm-hmm. in this point of time. So do you have any advice for anyone who is feeling lonely at this point? So they could even be around people, but still feel lonely because like what you were speaking about before you know, whether it's within their self. Do you have any tips for those people? 
Yeah. So a big thing for me when I was struggling a lot with feeling lonely and just yeah. feeling like whatever whatever void I had inside of myself, I needed to fill it with excessive exercise, uh, binges, food, lack of food, anything that I could sort of think of is, you know, like I just keep coming back to this thing of that there's there's something so deep inside of ourselves that we are so afraid to face because we are so afraid of that pain and suffering showing up that we don't think that we're strong enough to face that pain. And I'm speaking in very much, uh, I'm speaking in terms of you've got to look at the bigger picture. It's not, you know, that there's like a small thing, like someone said something we're scared of like, like looking into, it's like, it's something so deep and such a deep spiritual layer of that we really need to start looking at of like what is it that we're avoiding and, and so it, could I think, be, it could be something that's such a little trigger that you fed for so long so it grew into so many different things and went down so many yeah. different avenues that became things that wasn't even yes exactly so i think i and i keep coming back to this thing of also like we are so lucky to be granted this time where we are at home and there's like a chance for us to really like relish in this time that we have for ourselves and like dive into these things so i think if anyone are feeling lonely you know maybe try to challenge yourself for the first time in your life like challenge yourself by sitting down and just closing your eyes and feeling whatever is showing up for you try to sit there and like build the this is what I did. I was like building my moments of like sitting down and facing these fears and like pain and suffering that was showing up for me. I was challenging myself by sitting longer and longer and longer through them. And the more I spend time by just sitting down and letting them feel like letting them blossom and like letting myself feel whatever was showing up, the less scary it was to face those feelings because I became a lot more accustomed to what they felt like in my body. And the more I let them be, the more I realized that they weren't really that scary. And I just made them into this big story that they weren't really uh, part of. So I think for me, it was like continuing to face that and like sitting down. And then it's almost like one minute becomes two, two minutes becomes four, four minutes becomes eight. And then suddenly like an hour becomes like two hours and it just keeps growing. And it's like a bit of a snowball effect, right? Like you keep growing stronger and stronger both mentally, spiritually, emotionally, everything. And you just keep building off that. And suddenly, and this sort of comes back to like when I was coming out of my eating disorder as well, is that one day took another. And then suddenly, you know, I hadn't been binging. I hadn't been purging. I hadn't been doing anything for days, weeks, months, you know. And this was something that I never, ever, ever thought that I was going to get out of. And suddenly it just, it just started like, it really started showing up when I started showing up for myself yeah exactly and I love that you said like you know it over time you see that you became stronger and I find as people we either choose to feed happiness we feed you know things that don't serve us so negative behavior bad habits addictions so you either feed a or b that's what it comes down to and you get to choose at every moment or every day what size you feed and the one that you feed grows and the other one shrinks yeah. and you get to choose that but you have to actively choose that and yeah. you know just allow time to do its thing so you have mentioned yeah. um you had an eating disorder a few times so this is something yeah. that you and i have both you know we've struggled with and we've spoken about we've become vulnerable with each yeah. other could you tell us a little bit about your eating disorder if you don't mind 
Yeah, so I um, I feel like I probably have been in and out of eating disorders from the age of maybe when I was 15. I wow, am 30 years time. old now. Yeah. yeah, so 15 years was probably 15 years ago was probably when it sort of started, if you, if you can say it had like a starting sort of point. Um, and I really sort of struggled in and out of it. I would go also for a year or two without really sort of struggling with it, but I would just fluctuate so much in weight because, you know, either way I was starving myself or I was just letting my go, myself go and completely eating whatever I wanted to. Um, and then um, probably about six years ago or something, I my eating disorder really came back with a vengeance and I first went into anorexia. And then I started, um, then I sort of went into bulimia because I was so skinny and I was so little and I hardly weighed anything that my body was just like craving food and nutrition. And so I went into bulimia because that way I could still eat but still be skinny, right? And Mm -hmm. then after doing that for years, my body was just so malnourished that my animal brain and instinct and everything inside of me spiritually my soul was craving you know something to fill the void that I've been feeling for half my life um that uh this binge eating like really 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 took like overhand like it was controlling my entire life from like the morning I opened my eyes till I went to bed at night there wouldn't be a second of the day where I wouldn't be thinking about food or how I could exercise away how I could become skinnier how I could binge but also purge and everything like it was completely controlling my life and the more I thought I was controlling it the more it was controlling me and the more it just like snowballed out of control so yeah I spent like a good a good like half 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 of my life on like an eating sort and like letting it run my life and and I would probably say it's probably only been about four months ago now since I can actually truly hand on my heart say that I'm recovered in the sense of I don't binge, I don't purge, I don't restrict my food, I eat whatever I want to, um, I listen to my body. So in that sense, I've fully recovered. And I think that when you speak of like being fully recovered, I sort of question that a little bit because part of me feels like, look, I never thought that I was going to get rid of my eating disorder. I never, ever, ever thought it. I thought I was that special someone that just couldn't win over this because it had been happening for such a long time. But the more I worked on myself, the more I turned inwards, the more I turned to my spiritual practices, the more I just begged the universe, the greater good for something to help me overcome this, and the more I surrendered to the fact that I was powerless over this disease unless I got help from like some sort of bigger power within myself, I couldn't overcome it. And one day it just clicked. It was like, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I just woke up one morning and I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And this is what I relate back to when I'm saying, one day took another and there was two days and it was four days and then, you know, it was weeks and there was months and 
you know, it, this, it sounds easy. It was far from easy. Like, you know, you would know this as well. It's like, I had to put all my effort, all my strength, all my sweat, all my tears, everything into this excruciating disease of like getting out of it. I've spent 15 years getting into it and you know, you're not just going to get over it from one day to another, but that's it. It controlled your entire life. Like what you did on a daily basis, your entire thoughts, your conversations, everything. So not only are you trying to get rid of an addiction, but you're literally changing up your whole entire lifestyle. And like any addiction, it's, it's hard because it, whether it's right or wrong, you feel like it's so right because that's all you know. It doesn't really come down to right and wrong anymore. It comes down to you do what you know and that's all. That's what became you kind of thing. So, of course, making that huge switch was going to be hard and it's something that a lot of people, if they haven't gone through, they can um, not understand and that's completely, like, normal because if you haven't yeah. gone through something, like myself, if I haven't gone through, you know, I'm, I, I don't really understand how some people can be addicted to drugs or alcohol because I've never gone through that. So I completely understand those who are on the receiving end where they haven't gone through an eating disorder. They have no understanding either. And that's just life and that's completely normal and it's completely okay kind of thing. Um, When, when like you spoke about how you had that like switch of a mindset, I, I remember I've spoken about this on my podcast before I've had that, Um, exact same switch and Mm. the feeling of relief and freedom was just it's something that I probably will never experience again I'll never experience it again because the pain that you go through whilst being that deep is just it's it's fucked up yeah yeah. (laughs) it's fucked up and then to go from that and then realizing oh my god I don't have to think or do all this painful mm. stuff anymore. Like I can, I can mm. actually change. And it was just having that feeling that everything's going to be okay. And it was just this huge, huge switch. And when I pinpoint that feeling, it's just freedom. It's just freedom. Yeah. So if I had yeah. to ask you to define <clears throat> a feeling from your eating disorder, so your eating disorder, what feeling would that be? So when I got out of my eating disorder, that feeling was mm-hmm. freedom. What would you yeah. Yeah, what um, feeling would you define an eating disorder as? Oh, like, I mean, an eating disorder feels like feels like death. Mm. I feel like an, having an eating disorder feels like you are dying every second of every hour of every day you're going through it. That's how I felt like. I felt like I was reliving my own worst nightmare every single day. And I think on the other side, it's like when you're saying when you're coming out of it, it feels like complete freedom it feels like you've never been more free in your entire life it feels like you're actually the one that is in control now when as you thought you used to be in control of the eating disorder you're actually in control of your own destiny or like your own path in some sort of way now and exactly. I think that was what it was like coming out of it it was but it was also a deep gratitude and realizing that all this pain and suffering that I've been through and all the work that I've been doing over all those years was leading me up to this point where I was able to step out of that eating disorder. So you know how you sit in it and you feel like you're doing all the work and you're, you're thinking to yourself in some sort of way in the back of your mind, you're like, well, why isn't it working? Why is nothing happening? Like, why am I not out of it? I'm doing all this work and I'm not seeing any results. But I think that's the thing with like a spiritual practice is that 
a lot of the things aren't visible to the eye. It's felt on a very deep level and it's just like peeling. It's like peeling an onion, right? Like the layers off. And it's like, the more you do it, the more you get into the core of the be of you as a being, the core of the problem. And suddenly one day you're just able to like have that switch where it's like, this is my entire practice. This is what it's been leading me up to. This is like the golden moment. Right. Mm, and exactly. you're able to choose to then, but at the end of the day, you're still going to be presented with a choice. It's like, do you want to step out of it? Or do you want to continue going down this path? Because we've all got free will in life and you've got to choose what is, what feels right for you and follow that as well. And I find sometimes, um, like saying that can be so easy, but when you're in the moment, you don't understand it's really a choice. You just do what's easy at that present moment in time. Mm. And um, something that's easy is to continue doing what you know. And sometimes just because it's easy doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. So rather than, you know, um, thinking wrong or right, think what, what, like off feeling, you know, like Mm. if if something is making you feel a little bit anxious, sit back, ask yourself, okay, this is coming down to that choice that you were just talking about. When we're in the moment, we don't really understand that we have a choice. We just do. But when you feel that um, sense of like anxiety or anxiousness, sit back, realize you have a choice and then think Mm. bigger picture. What choice is going to serve you in the long run? Not what's easiest right now. And that comes down to so many things, you know, so many mental illnesses, whether it is anxiety, depression, certain habits that you're doing is going to cripple you even more with them negative emotions and feelings. If you are feeling, you know, depressed and you're wanting to stay in bed all day, obviously that's the easier option, but is that going to serve you in the long run? So that's what it comes down to go off your um, feelings. So do you find with your um, eating disorder now that you've, um, you've been over the past couple of years really Mm. challenged with it and then you've gone through phases, would you say that you are recovered now or do you find that even some days you still struggle with it? What would you? I would say I'm recovered in like the sense that I sort of like said before is that I don't have binges, I don't purge, I don't restrict my food. Um, So in that sense, I do find myself fully recovered. Like I'm not triggered around food either. Um, you know, like you've seen me in this, like last, I was thinking about to myself, like yesterday I was like baking a banana bread and I was like making ball treats and like, I was making a vegetable lasagna and like, I was thinking to myself, there's no way that I could have done this, like even just like half a year because I would have been completely obsessed about should I been, should I not have it? You know, if I have this, should I go and exercise, you know, and sort of, it was a really beautiful moment where I could really realize that. I'm doing this because I'm enjoying it and I have zero attachment to this food, whether I'm going to eat it or not, or, you know, yeah, I'm going to have this lasagna for tonight and I'm just going to eat until I feel full and then I'm going to stop and I'm going to feel satisfied and beautiful and not worry about whether I gain weight or I lose weight. So, but still, you know, of course there's going to be bad days. Like today I've actually been struggling like a little bit. I woke up just feeling really anxious and I was, you know, just like you were saying before, instead of, instead of just feeling anxious and then like getting on with your day, like I've really started like leaning into these feelings that are showing up for me because feelings are just feelings. They're not actual facts. It's like there's something deeper to what you're feeling. And so questioning that is, has become like a daily practice for me as well. Right. 
It's like, what's the feeling? What's the reason why I'm feeling the way that I am? Am I feeling uncomfortable because I'm pushing myself in a way that's going to be good for me? Or am I feeling uncomfortable because I'm trying to feel, to push myself to fit into something that I'm not, but I feel like I should be for other people, you know? So it's like finding the navigation between like those feelings. And I think that's a really beautiful practice and a practice that a lot of people could really benefit from because I think we are so quick of like running away from like whatever is showing up yeah. for us. Because and then we just want everything to be exactly yeah. running away from that. Yeah. It's good that you can kind totally. of like wake up and acknowledge that you are feeling a little bit mm. anxious today. And there are certain thoughts that are arising that you know don't actually serve you. Um, is there yeah. certain like points or situation in your life where your eating disorder like becomes like quote unquote stronger at all? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I will have to say, coming out of the eating disorder, I've definitely gained weight. I, I don't have scales, so I have no idea what I weigh, but, you know, I can't fit into any of my clothes. So, you know, yeah, and I can that. see that my body has, yeah, yeah, I can see that my body's changed. You know, it's, I talk about this thing of, um, you know, my eating disorder started when I was a teenager. And when you're a teenager, you don't really have curves, right? Because that comes when you turn into being a woman. And so getting into an eating disorder from such a young age when you're a teenager and then coming out of it when you're like, I'm 30, I'm a woman, I'm, I'm, I'm about to maybe have kids, you know, like my yeah. body is ready to have kids. It's almost like, it's like a culture shock, right? It's like you get slapped in the face being like, you're a teenager, now you're a woman. And so you don't have these years to get used to having curves and a womanly figure. So that has been really, really freaking hard to just like suddenly have a butt and like boobs and hips and everything. So it's definitely been hard to, you know, not be able to fit into any of your clothes and also feel comfortable with feeling clothes. You know, my big thing is like feeling close on my stomach. That's always been like my thing. So yeah, I still struggle from days, you know, when I feel also when I'm getting my period, you know, like my hormones are still not uh, leveled out. So I still react a lot to like my hormonal changes. It's good to know what triggers you. Like you said, you know, um, certain things in your stomach and stuff like that. So then you can realize, okay, cool. This is that fucking thought again. It makes me feel shit. And just acknowledge that that's just (laughs) you. And that's just how you think. And then just accept that and just be like, it's just my thoughts. It doesn't mean it's facts. Yeah. Just because I'm feeling yeah. bloated today doesn't mean I'm fat. Just because I'm not fitting into my shorts. Like the other day, like I have shorts that like I wear, but because I was more bloated, it was actually mm-hmm. um, creating so much discomfort. And I was just like, oh my God, like I had all these mm-hmm. negative thoughts. And I was just like, you know yeah. what? I understand that bloating is my thing. I've accepted that and mm-hmm. wear something loose. Solve yeah, the yeah, problem. Yeah. Wear something loose. Don't like just move on. Yeah. Do you know what exactly. I mean? And it's yeah. it's really important to acknowledge what triggers you and to A, yes, challenge it, but also mm-hmm. accept when it's arising and just be okay with it. You know, just yeah, be exactly. okay that it, be okay that it's there. Don't don't dwell into it and don't feed it is the most important thing. Yeah. Do challenge yourself yeah. with it, but accept that it's there and just be okay with it being there and don't try to push it away. Don't try and do things to distract yourself. Actually just be okay with it. And uh, something that helps me is I just laugh at it. I laugh. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the type of person where if I make something a joke, it then it, it, it takes all its energy away. That's something that I've always yeah. done. If I, if there's something that really frustrates me or stresses me out or, you know, comes um, from a past experience and does like give me a lot of anxiety. If I 
voice it out loud and make it a joke and laugh on it, it actually takes all its power away. And that's something that does work for me. So it's something that, you know, finding a tool and a method to help yourself get out of that is so important. So for me, it's laughing and making a joke out of negative behavior and thoughts. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What were you saying? I was saying, I think that's one of the things that I I really appreciate and like admire and love about you is that you can also just be so frank with things, you know, it's like, I can't fucking fit into this. Like what's, what's the big deal? Like I'm just not going to wear it, you know? And I think we all can like learn a lot from that. It just, I think it comes back to this thing of like, also we, we do feel like we always have to fit into like a certain ideal of what is right, you know, and, and we, we create that ourselves, but also, you know, the society that we've created in this world is creating that for us. So Mm. whenever we feel like we don't fit into that, you know, it makes us feel like shit and we shouldn't because it doesn't really matter. And I think that is what I'm coming to terms with as well. It's like, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. You know? Exactly. And also understand that you're not alone in this. Everyone goes mm. through that. Like, for example, me this morning, I actually got sent um, all these clothes from an activewear company and they had my old size. So they sent me all oh, these clothes from my old size and I looked at them and I go, oh, I won't fit into them. And rather than at first I was frustrated because I was like, God damn it, if I did fit into them, I could wear the clothes today. Like that was, that's really annoying. But then I was also like, I don't want to fit into them anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. I want to feel yeah. more womanly. I want to, you know, it's good that my ass can't fit into these because I never had a freaking yeah. ass. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's just about kind of switching your mindset because for so long you've kind of um, idolized and thought that skinny was perfection and mm. it's just about making that switch. And it yeah. does, it takes some time, but it's, yeah, mm. making that switch has been the most powerful thing that I have done for my own recovery. So, um, through this point, we are obviously moving less and no access to the gym or anything like that. Is that something that, because I know that, you know, you have your um, routine and you, you go to the gym quite regularly, you do your Pilates, um, is not being able to do this something that you're struggling with or is it giving you any form of anxiety or is it, you know, triggering your disordered behaviour at all? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I... I actually thought that it would, to be honest, but surprisingly, I've been feeling really good and I actually feel like I'm more active in a really mindful way now as opposed to before, whereas I would have a routine and I would get up and I would meditate and then I'd go train and then I'd come home, but then I would sit down all day to work and I wouldn't move around. And now I'm just you know, I've switched it up and I'm doing, you know, Pilates at home. I like yoga at home. And Mm. I'm just really surrendering to the fact that we are still so lucky that we'll be able to, you know, get outside and like go for a walk and like, you know, I've got Archie. And, and so I'm really just like leaning into this fact that I've lived in Bondo for 10 years this year and being able to, or not being able to go to the gym and like do all these normal things that we normally do is that, I now just like wander around with my dog and I've like gone to like all these beautiful parks that are around that I never even knew existed with the amazing views all over Bondi. And, you know, so I think for me, it's just been so beautiful to go out more so into nature and like really reconnect with where I truly believe we all originate Mm -hmm. from, you know, and the energy of, 
the energy of the earth and like the frequency that we all vibrate at, it's just been like really powerful. So I've just shifted again, like my perception of like, what is exercise, you know, mm-hmm. like it's probably more accidental exercise now where I just like move my body, but it has still been important for me to um, get up for some walks and not sit down all day, just because I am still healing my gut. I'm still healing my digestive system. So for me to just like help my digestion process the food that I'm, you know, so lovingly giving my body it just means that i do need to just like walk around the block or something you know small to just like give it like a little bit more of a nudge um yeah as opposed to what more like so normal people wouldn't have to so that for me have just been like beautiful to just sort of lean into that so yeah i'm surprising you're doing very well with it yeah yeah no that is good because um i definitely could understand that this is a time where a lot of people their negative behavior could come out to play. You know, they feel like they're moving less and, mm. you know, they're going to restrict carbohydrates or they're not, they're going to try and go for more runs or just whatever. And yeah, I definitely feel like it is important to shed some light on realizing that, okay, it's fine to not move. It's okay to do less and it's okay that the gyms are shut and it's okay to still nourish your body, even though you're just mm. at home. Um, this is something for me, um, I thought I was going to struggle with was the gym shutting because the gyms has definitely been a savior through my recovery and my stress and an outlet for just um, my mental health in general. And surprisingly, like I spoke to you before, I've been so okay with it and I'm actually really um, loving this break, I guess. Like I've been so lenient. Like I was always been someone who I've been working out, you know, five, six days a week and now I'm at a point where I'm, you know, sometimes two or three, like, and I'm actually so okay with that. And it's, it's really um, amazing and empowering to be able to make that switch and then just be okay with that. And just to allow rest. And I'm really focusing on different areas of my life, you know, like I'm becoming um, more, more close to minimum my dog. And then I'm being able to clean the house and I've, um, being able to do work like journal and um, get, get online more and just do things that I never were, was able to do because I was either stressing about going to the gym or need to do this. Or I find that I was just exhausting myself without even knowing. And I just feel very peaceful at this moment. And something else that I've noticed is my gut is just loving life. Mm. Yeah. I find just allowing this rest. um, My gut is really loving everything about it. Um, I think it does come down to I'm allowing it to have more of a um, like a rest to digest type of mode rather than the fight or flight. And that's just something that I, in my own experience with my own gut has helped me. Um, A lot of people out there, it's a completely different story. Like exercise and movement helps their gut like yourself. But for me, um, exercise actually can stress my gut up a lot. And that's just something that I've learned over a period of time. So this has been a um, an experience that I thought I was going to hate, but something that I subconsciously needed and I've gotten yeah. a lot out of it. Um, yeah. My last question for you. Oh no, I have two. Sorry. Lol. What is some advice? <laughs> what is some advice? Numbers, not my thing. What is some advice you would give for others struggling with um, an eating disorder in this time? So especially during the isolation, I think if you are someone, and 
I, I, I give these advice based on my own experience yeah. with what I was struggling with. So this might not be right for everyone, but this is what helped me. So if you are someone who struggles with binge eating and bulimia, um, as in like purging, um, what I would restrict is that when you are spending so much time in your house is to just not have foods that are trigger foods for you in the house. Yeah. Like just don't even like get them into your house because your sense of just like, what can you say? Like staying away from those foods are probably going to be even less so when you're confined to like these four walls, like all day long. So I would just not even like have them in the house at all. Another thing I would say is like try to get out as much as possible if you are in like I, I still think that in all of Australia you're allowed to get outside for like a walk or something so you know what I found really hard was actually when I did stay inside and just and just felt like the walls were like closing in on me and and everything just like seemed so big in my head but as soon as I got myself outside and like fresh air in an open space, it just alleviated like my thoughts and it just gave me like a clearer picture of like, wow, okay, I can take a breath. It's not actually that bad. Like I can just do something different. And like another thing is just like me, for me, meditation has just been such a beautiful practice. Like it has definitely not always been easy because things and feelings and emotions are showing up, but, might feel uncomfortable but for me to sit down in like those few moments during the day and just like have a breather and give myself that time and space to feel whatever is showing up was almost a bit of like an escapism as well for the nightmare that I was going through um, and then also journaling you know like you do yourself as well just like trying to write down my thoughts onto paper because I think once you also start writing down things and get it a bit away from you and can actually read it back to yourself you're realizing that the things that you might be feeling maybe aren't as big as you make them into being like in your head because I yeah. think you know we spin a story in our head and we make it into something really 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 big and powerful and oftentimes it's not really that big and powerful it's just us like attending to it in like a different way with a different mindset Mm. So those are like some of my tips for like the isolation and just like, you know, if you are struggling, like, you know, confide in someone that you trust. Mm. Like I think a lot of people don't tell people because they're scared that people will judge them or hate them or feel like they're gross or something. But I think, you know, if people truly, truly love you, they will love you and like see you for who you are and like someone that needs to help. So I think, you know, reaching out to someone that you trust and like to say that you're struggling and then you need someone to like give you a little extra love or like support in doing this time is totally more than okay. Exactly. Exactly. I love how much clarity you gave within that answer. You can really tell that you're coming from a place of experience and love as well, because I find, yeah, when, um, you know, you do get like answers with questions like this, it can be very um, straightforward but yours was, there was a lot of clarity behind it. And I know anyone going through something like this, that's what they're needing is clarity, mm, clarity mm, and yeah. yeah, being understood. And I could definitely feel that within them answers. So thank you so much. Um, my last question is, it's something that I ask everyone that um, joins <laughs> on Your Balance Co. 
What does find your balance look like for you, Caroline? Uh, find my balance. It probably means, uh, in, you know, like I think forever in my life, I've wanted to find balance between, you know, being addicted to food, but also being healthy. And I think for me, and maybe I also think that sometimes there's a big misunderstanding in overcoming an eating disorder, whereas people think that either you have an eating disorder or you overcome it, but you have to completely let go and, you know, like not care about yourself and like eat pizzas and burgers and everything like all day long. And I don't think that's true at all. And I think that's what a lot of people fear coming out of an eating disorder is that, well, is that what I have to do in order to overcome it? And that wasn't my experience. And and I and I think the, the reason why my body is bouncing back so quickly as it actually is, which is completely like blown even away, like the, the, the natural healers that I'm working with is that I'm treating my body so well because I'm giving it the nutrition that it craves. Exactly. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking away anything because I eat whatever I crave, but my body is craving good stuff. Mm. And so that is my balance is that I'm giving my body whatever it needs in any given moment. And like last night I had a whole Easter egg, you know, <laughs> because yes. it's Easter. So that for me is like balance. It's that just, I'm really trying to just like listen to like what my body and soul is telling me that it needs so and then just like really leaning into that and like letting go of my emotional body um so that for me is probably like balance and and you know not always just letting it all be about food as well it's like Mm -hmm. you know letting it be about you know the people that I love and like what I want to reach in life and everything as well just feeling good yeah, good, yeah, balance can be more of like a lifestyle thing, like, you know, yeah, exactly. feeling feeling good all around, feeling free all around, whether it is with food or your relationships or exercise. So thank you. Thank you for that. Pleasure, pleasure. And thank you for tuning in on Go Balance Co. Um, if anyone wanted to find you on your socials, what could they search up? Uh, so I mostly hang out on Instagram and that is just my name, Caroline H. Groth. And I've got a website as well, carolinehgroth.com.au, but that's pretty much where I sort of hang out, yeah. Yeah, and you do the most amazing recipes. <laughs> thank you. Thank but you so no, much. Thank you so much. It. And I really appreciate all your answers and your thought that you have put into this because it, it's like it's made me feel something within this podcast. So I know a lot of people are going to benefit from this episode. So thank you so much, babe. And thank you for all our listeners for tuning in and I will see you in our next episode. Bye.